You just keep on asking. You just keep on praying. You just keep on seeking. You just keep on knocking. And God is going to honor your faith. And God is going to honor your trust in Him and grant your request in His time. God wants to answer our prayers, but then the question becomes, well, God, if you want to answer all of my prayers, then why don't you answer all of my prayers? I mean, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 does say, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. But I know there's somebody here this morning saying, But pastor, I've been asking, and I haven't received. I've been seeking, and I haven't found. I've been knocking, but the door is still shut. So, Pastor, I've pretty much come to the conclusion that God doesn't answer prayers. But I say to you this morning, and this may surprise some of you, God always answers prayers. I'm going to say that again. God always answers prayers. Now, listen, we may not always like the answer that we get because sometimes when God answers prayers, sometimes He says yes Sometimes he says no. Other times he says yes, but not the way we expected. And then at other times he says not yet. Now we don't have a problem with prayer when God says yes. I've never heard one person when they got an answer to their prayer say, why did God answer my prayer? We don't, we don't have any questions with that. And even when it comes to yes, but not the way you expected, we don't really have any questions. God may have not answered the prayer the way that we expected God to answer the prayer, but God just had our back. God knew what was best for us. And so he gave me the answer that I needed. But where we struggle is when God says no, or when God says not yet. Because when God says no, we immediately want to know why. Why, God? And then when he says not yet, we want to know when. You see, if you're struggling this morning with the answers of no and not yet, it may be, I'm not saying it is, but it may be a sign that there's still some growing that we need to do spiritually. I mean, think about your children. You know, our two boys, when our little boys were little, they had a hard time accepting no as an answer. And because they were so little, not yet was the same thing as no. Because if they weren't getting it and getting it right then, then they weren't going to get it at all. And so if we're struggling this morning when God says no, you know how it is when you have your child at Walmart or you have your child at, you know, at the grocery store and they strategically place all of the candy right there at the cash register, you know, and, and you're trying to check out, you're trying, you know, to get to your wallet or you're trying to get to your purse or whatever it may be and the kid is screaming, I want candy, I want candy and you're saying no, no candy and you're saying no, why? Because you know what's best for them and you know the candy's not good for them. Or that maybe it's not the right time for them to have that candy. But they struggle with that and they keep asking and they keep asking. They keep asking until finally you say, no, that's my final answer. Don't ask again. And listen, we struggle sometimes when God says that with us. Because sometimes God does say, no, that's my final answer. Don't ask again. It's not my will for your life. But I'm going to be honest with you today. I probably struggle more with not yet than I do with any other answer. Because I, you've, I've, I've admitted to you, I'm not a good waiter. 
I, I, I don't wait very well. I, I, I'm a fast mover. I like to see things happen, and I like to think, see things happen quickly. But God has his own time frame. God has his own schedule in which he works. And when it comes to not yet, what you and I have to learn how to do is trust the Lord with all of our heart and to lean not to our own understanding but in always acknowledge him and he will direct our paths but I want to just very quickly this morning share with you from God's Word this is not my opinion but from God's Word some things that God tells us about unanswered prayer that if our prayers have not been answered we can go to God's Word and I have found at least six things I'm sure there are more but I found at least six things or six reasons perhaps why God God hasn't answered our prayers and here's one of those maybe God hasn't answered your prayer because you haven't prayed and I want to read that again but this time I want to emphasize the word that is highlighted maybe God hasn't answered your prayer because you haven't prayed you see some people have a habit that when they need something from God they ask others to pray for them but then they don't pray themselves God wants to hear from you. You say, well, why do I even need to pray? If God already knows my needs before I ask, then why should I even pray? Well, one reason why you should pray, even though God already knows what you need, is because it helps you get an understanding of what's really important to you. If it's not important enough for you to pray about it, then it may not be important enough for God to answer it. Amen. But you can also tell how important a prayer is if you pray it and keep on praying it. I shared this Wednesday night that when, you know, when our kids are little, we know what they want for Christmas because they ask for it and they keep on asking for it and they keep on asking for it and they keep on asking for it and they say, I may not get anything else on my list, but if I can just get one thing on my list, this, this is what it is. And they'll drive you crazy asking for it with their persistence. Because it reveals what's important for us. But not only that, another reason why we pray, even when we know that God already knows our needs, is because it expresses our dependence on God. That we're believing and we're trusting God to be the one to come through for us. To provide for us. James in James chapter 4 verse 2 says it like this. He says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. So maybe this morning the reason why God hasn't answered that prayer is because you haven't prayed. Here's another reason why perhaps God hasn't answered a prayer in your life. Maybe God hasn't answered your prayer because of unconfessed sin in your life. L listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 66, 18. He said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not. Notice it's not that he cannot, but he will not hear. Now listen, that doesn't mean that you have to be perfect to pray. But it does mean that you can't pray and be heard if you love your sin and you don't want to let go of your sin. You don't want to acknowledge that there is sin in your heart and confess that sin and repent of that sin. You want to be able to hang on to that sin, enjoy that sin. And somebody says, Pastor, is sin enjoyable? Yes, it's enjoyable. And if you're not, if, if you're not enjoy, if you don't enjoy, if you don't have fun sinning, you ain't doing it right. I'm just telling you. The Bible even says that there is pleasure in sin. So we're not going to deny that. And some people enjoy their sin so much, they regard that iniquity in their heart. They don't want to let it go. They want to be able to sin and serve God. And it just doesn't work that way. And the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, 
The Lord will not hear. Isaiah chapter 59, God speaks through the prophet and he says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save and his ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. It's not that God's arm is too short to reach into our circumstances. It's not that God's ear is heavy that he cannot hear us when we pray. He said, But the problem is your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Oh, but the opposite is true of a righteous man. And you've heard me say a righteous man is not a perfect man. But a righteous man, the Bible says, may fall seven times, but he keeps getting back up again. He hates his sin, and he's doing everything he can to overcome the sin in his life. And James, in James chapter 5, I believe it is, James talks about a righteous man in the Bible by the name of Elijah. And get this, it said that Elijah prayed and it did not rain for three and a half years. He prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then the Bible says that he prayed a second time and it began to rain. And then he says it like this in James 5 and 16 about Elijah. He said that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful powerful and effective. Your sins may separate you from God. Your sins may keep you from hearing from God, but a righteous man, his prayers, her prayers are fervent. They are effective. They get answers and things begin to change when righteous people pray. Somebody say amen to that this morning. So maybe there's unconfessed sin. Here's a third reason perhaps that God may not be answering our prayers. Maybe God hasn't answered your prayer because of unreconciled relationships. You do know that your relationships with other people affect your relationship with God. Listen, in Matthew 5, this is Jesus straight from his mouth saying to us, this is, this is right after he talks to us about being the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And then he says these words, he said, when you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. No, notice, not if you have something against someone, but if you, if you remember that somebody has something against you. He says, you leave your gift there. That's important that you understand. Leave your gift he didn't say leave and take your gift with you. He said leave your gift there before the altar. And then he goes and says first, everybody say first. And notice he didn't say first of all pray, but he said first of all be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Could it be that your prayers have gone unanswered because of some unreconciled relationships in your family? or some unreconciled relationships right here in the body of Christ. We've got to fix that before we can fix this. Because fixing that will fix this most of the time. Amen? Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 3 and 7. And even though he's talking about men and the way they treat their wives, it goes the same with wives and the way they treat their husbands. He said to the husbands, be good husbands to your wives. Women say amen. Thank you. I got a few. And he said, honor them. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. And so he said, treat your wives then as equals so that your prayers don't run aground. The King James said it like this, so that your prayers will not 
be hindered. Did you know the way that we treat our spouse can hinder our prayers, can keep our prayers from ever getting off the ground? If I dishonor this lady in my life, and if this lady dishonors me, we can pray till we are blue in the face, but our prayers are not going to be heard until we learn how to honor one another and learn to respect one another and learn how to love one another with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so, if you're here this morning and maybe some prayers in your life have gone unanswered, Answered, maybe you need to reconcile some relationships in your life. But here's another reason maybe that God hasn't answered our prayer, and maybe God hasn't answered our prayer because of our selfish motives. See, these are just straight out of God's Word. I'm just giving you what I know. I cannot answer this question in full today. It's like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, right now we know in part and we prophesy in part and it's only when that which is perfect has come that we're going to get full understanding on this question about why did my prayers not get answered. But a lot of times it has to do with our motive. Why are we asking? James in James chapter 4 verse 3 says, and even when you do ask, he said you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you Pleasure. If we're not careful, we can fall into that trap of just asking for what we want, what we think is best for us, what our will is. Oh, God, I'm praying, please, God, let Joe fall in love with me and ask, him, ask me to marry him. Maybe Joe's not God's plan for your life. Maybe Joe, maybe Jill's not God's plan or God's will for your life. And you can pray on you want, but God is not going to answer a prayer if that prayer is contrary to his will for your life. That's why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know there was even a time when Jesus prayed a prayer that wasn't in line with the will of his Father? When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. That was his desire as a human being, as a man here on earth. Let this cup pass from me. Keep me from all of this suffering. But then Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And a few days later, or actually the very next day, he was taken to a hill called Calvary, and he was crucified. That prayer for that cup to pass away from him was not answered because that was not the will of the Father for his life. His will for was for him to go to Calvary, be crucified, to shed his blood for your sins and mine. But we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks that three days later, God brought him forth out of the grave. He said, I have the power to take my life and I have the power to take it up again. So we need to, we need to be careful praying our own selfish motives, prayers. Here's a, here's a fifth reason why maybe... Our prayers haven't gotten answered, and that is maybe God hasn't answered our prayer because of our uncaring attitude. Now, this is one we don't think about much, but yet the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13, whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. Isaiah chapter 58, which is the most extensive passage in the Bible when it comes to prayer and fasting. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah because it's their annual day to fast. But God notices that they're not doing this with sincere hearts. They're just going through the motions. They're not allowing this time of prayer and fasting to affect change in their heart. And so God speaks. But before he does, the people have cried out to him. And here's what the people said. 
They said, God, we have fasted, implied in that, and prayed before you. Why aren't you impressed? We've even done much penance. Well, what they were doing is they were just going through the motions, wanting people to think they were repenting when they really were not because they were still treating people the same way. They had always treated people. They said, we've done much penance, and you don't even notice it. And then here's what God says. I'll tell you why. It's because you're living for yourselves even while you are fasting. And then he says, you keep right on oppressing your workers. What good is fasting, God says, when you keep on fighting and quarreling? The kind of fasting is never going to get you anywhere with me. And then in verse 5, he says, you humble yourselves. But he said, the way that you humble yourself is by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like a blade of grass in the wind. And then he said, you dress in sackcloth and cover yourself with ashes. In other words, they were doing everything externally that caused people when they looked at them to say, oh, they must be fasting. But they were not truly fasting the way that God had called them to fast because their hearts were far from him. And then he goes on and says, do you really think that this will please the Lord? He said, no. He said, here's the kind of fasting that pleases me. He said, I want the kind of fasting that, that calls you to free those who are wrongly imprisoned and to stop oppressing those who work for you. Treat them fairly and give them what they earn. He said, I want you to share your food with the hungry and welcome poor wanderers into your homes. Give clothes to those who need them. And, 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 and th this might really convict somebody right here. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Come out of hiding. And then notice he said that when we do that, when we help those who are in need, he said if you do these things, your salvation will come like the dawn. Yes, your healing will come quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then he said when you call on the Lord, the Lord will answer. Oh, when we see somebody in need, when we see somebody hungry and we feed them, and we see somebody who needs clothes and we clothe them, and we see somebody who needs shelter and we give them shelter, God says, that's the kind of heart change that I'm looking for so that when you cry out to me, I will hear your cry and I will answer your prayers. Oh, somebody give God some praise in this room today. He's a God-answering, prayer-answering God. But here's a fifth or a sixth reason. Maybe why God hasn't answered our prayers. This is pretty obvious. Maybe God hasn't answered your prayer because of the littleness of your faith. Now listen, I'm not one of those kinds of preachers. You know, my friend that I was with this past weekend who lost his wife three years ago, I didn't look at him and say, listen, if you'd have just had more faith, because I'm telling you, I've seen people with faith greater than the size of a mustard seed praying and believing God for a miracle and they still didn't get that miracle this side of heaven. So I'm not saying that faith is always the issue when it comes to unanswered prayer. I'm saying it can be an issue to unanswered prayer because the disciples of Jesus in Matthew chapter 17, the, the disciples of Jesus are struggling and they've come to Jesus and they said, Lord, they, they, they've encountered a little boy that has a demon and they've prayed and they're not able to get the demon out of that little boy. And they said, Lord, why were we not able to cast the demon out of this boy? And Jesus responded to him in verse 20. He said to them, because 
of your little faith. That was the issue on this occasion. Because of your little faith, he said, for truly, I tell you, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds, but it produces one of the greatest of all trees. Something small that produces something so great. Something small that produces something so fruitful. He said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then you will be able to say to this mountain, and he's not talking about a literal pile of dirt here. He's talking about difficult circumstances in our lives. And he's saying you'll be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be done. And then he said if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. Lord, increase our faith at some Church of God. Give us more faith. Give us greater faith in you, O oh God. You know, there's only two times in the entire Bible, in the New Testament, where Jesus complimented somebody because of how great their faith was. And both of them, when they came to Jesus, were unbelievers. It was those religious Pharisees that had a struggle with their faith. And on one of those occasions, Matthew chapter 15, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I'm going to close with this. But in Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 21, it says that Jesus left Galilee and he went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now let me tell you where he is. He has entered into the territory of Gentiles. So he is in the territory of Gentiles with a mission to Gentiles. Okay, you have to understand that when you hear this story because some people would think that this lady that we're going to talk about in a moment, that Jesus is rejecting her because she's a Gentile. No, he's not. That's not what he's doing. That's why he is there. He's on a mission. And then it says that a Gentile woman who lived there came to Jesus pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter has a demon in her and it is severely tormenting her. But look at this. Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Have you ever had that happen where you went to God with such an urgent need and he didn't reply? Not even a word. God, just tell me something, even if it's no. God, tell me something, even if it's not yet. But here's what I've discovered, that when God does say no, it's always because he's got a bigger yes coming your way. And this woman came to him saying, my daughter is demon-possessed and she's being tormented by this demon. But Jesus doesn't say a word. It's like he's ignoring her. It's like he doesn't even see her. Like he doesn't even heal her. And then his disciples, or hear her, and then it says, then his disciples urged him, urged Jesus to send her away. They said, tell her, leave. They said, she's bothering us with all of her begging. Don't that sound like religious folk? You got a woman here that has a desperate need and she won't shut up, even though Jesus has been silent. Listen, when God hasn't responded, when God doesn't say a word, that doesn't mean you need to go silent. Do you hear me? The Bible says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And when you ask and keep on asking and seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking, God honors persistence in prayer. And that's what this little lady's doing. She may be, well, he may act like he didn't hear me, but I ain't going to shut up. 
I'm going to keep going to him with my prayer request. I'm going to keep making my petition known to him. And it's about to drive the disciples crazy. And they looked at Jesus and they said, Jesus, come on, do something about this. Either answer her, either cast the demon out of her daughter or tell her to get out of here, one or the other. And Jesus looked back at him and he said to them, he said to the woman, he said, I was sent only to help the people of Israel, God's lost sheep, not the Gentiles. Now, let me tell you what Jesus is doing here more than anything else. He is testing this woman's faith. And not only that, but he's about to give an object lesson to his disciples that the gospel is more than just for the Jew. Yes, it's to go to the Jew first, but then to the Gentile. And in this day, the Jews called Gentiles dogs. And so what does Jesus do? He said, I've not come to the lost sheep of, or, or, or to the Gentiles, but to the lost sheep of Israel. I, I'm focused on my mission. I'm here to do what the Father has sent me to do. But we know he's not rejecting her as a Gentile because he's ministered to Gentiles already in the past in his ministry. So he's not rejecting her. He's about to do something incredible. But she came, notice, when Jesus looked at her and said, no, can't help you. You're a Gentile. You're not a part of the lost sheep of Israel. She came and she bowed before him and she worshiped him and she pleaded and said over and over and over and over, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And then here's what he said. Jesus looked back at her and said, well, it isn't right to take food from the children or the master's table and throw it to the dogs, he said, because what Jesus does when he uses the word dog here is he's talking about a dog as a family pet. And he said that the pets don't get fed until the master and his children have eaten. And then whatever's left over or whatever they rejected and didn't want, they feed it to the dogs. And Jesus said to her that I can't take and, and, and food from, the, from, from my children and, and, and throw it to the dogs. They've got to be given the opportunity to eat first. But she said, yes, Lord. But even dogs are permitted to eat crumbs that fall beneath their master's table. Yes, Lord, I know everything you're saying is true. I know everything that you're saying is right. I know everything that you're saying is correct, but I also know that after the family eats what they didn't want, the leftovers are given to the dogs, and I'm willing to be a dog and take what they rejected. I'm willing to take what they had left over. I'm willing to take the crumbs that nobody else wanted from the master's table and Jesus looked at her and said your faith is great and your request is granted I guess what I'm trying to say this morning I can't stop on six I got to give you a number seven and that is sometimes we don't get answers to our prayers because we give up way too soon we give up way too early it may not be today it may not be tomorrow it may not be next week it may not be next month it may not be next year but hear me if you know you're praying the will of God and you know you're praying with the right motive and you know you're praying in line with the word of God, you just keep on asking. You just keep on praying. You just keep on seeking. You just keep on knocking. And God is going to honor your faith and God is going to honor your trust in him and grant your request in his time. Somebody stand up in this room today and let's give God some praise and some glory and some honor.
because regardless of where you are with this issue in your life, he's still worthy of praise. He's still worthy of glory. Still worthy of being honored. You know, that's a question we all wrestle with at some point in time as followers of Christ. That is, why hasn't God answered my prayer? Especially since we know the Bible says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened. But some of you are thinking, Pastor, I've been asking and I haven't received. I've been seeking and I haven't found. I've been knocking, but the door is still closed. Well, hopefully the message that I shared with you today has given you a little bit of revelation as to why your prayers have not been answered. But you know, the reality is God always answers prayers. Sometimes he says yes, other times he says no. Other times he says yes, but not the way we expected. And then sometimes the answer to the prayer is not yet. And that seems to be the one that we struggle with the most because we live in a culture where we're used to getting everything and getting it quickly. So I just want to believe with you today that God's going to help you that if you're in a season of delay, that you not give up too quickly because I've got a feeling that the answer to your prayer is just around the corner. Well, this coming Sunday, we're gonna be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'd love to have you as our guest at 1045 this Sunday here at Summerton Church of God.